Hey everybody, before we get started here, I want to tell you a little bit about this episode. For starters, Al and I wanted this to come out while Sharknado The Fourth Awakens was fresh in everyone's minds, so I decided we'd release it out of sequence and on an off week as a sort of bonus episode. Our regularly scheduled episode will still post next Thursday, August 11th, and that episode is going to be a double feature episode covering 1978's Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and its sequel, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, from 1988. Another note on the episode you're about to listen to, there are some stray moments of digital artifacting you'll hear throughout. This couldn't be avoided, I'm afraid, as one of our two necessary master recordings was actually corrupted. So, I ended up having to edit this episode together using our backup recordings of the Skype call itself, which, if you've ever used Skype, you know can be a bit glitchy. Additionally, the audio tends to be more muffled than I would like it to be. That said, I do still think you're really going to enjoy this episode. It's in fact a very important episode to me personally. Not only is my good friend Joe Sanders our guest on this episode, but the three of us find ourselves disagreeing about the movie quite a bit. And Al ended up getting a little upset by this, a little emotional later on in the recording. And I decided to leave some of that in because I wanted you, our listeners, to hear just how passionate Alistair is. And I hope hearing that part of our discussion gives you some insight into how seriously the both of us take monster movies and this little podcast we do together. So with that, let's get this show started. Welcome, Quiddos and Creeps, to another episode of Cadavercast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm his dad, Jeff Burnham. And on this episode, we have joining us a very special guest, all the way from middle of nowhere, Michigan. It's Joe Sanders, host of <laughs> quote unquote guilty. Yeah, we Hi, put Joe. the zoo and Kalamazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Big fan. Hi, big fan. So we're having Joe on this episode because we're talking about what movie, Alistair? Sharknado 4. That's right. We're talking about Sharknado 4. And of course, our first recording on a podcast together uh, was the very first Sharknado, which was posted fairly recently. Not sure when I'm going to get this episode up, but within the last two weeks, (laughs) the episode in which (laughs) Al and I joined Joe on quote unquote guilty for Sharknado was posted. And I have to correct you, Al. The title of this movie is Sharknado, colon, The Fourth Awakens. I don't even Sharknado think it's Sharknado 4, The Fourth Awakens, but yeah. Four Awakens. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> now, this particular installment of Sharknado comes to us from the very same folks who made all of the other Sharknado movies. We Xfinity? Got... Yeah, Xfinity. <laughs> Except for Subway. We, I didn't see any Subway this time around. No, no Subway, just Xfinity and Dodge Cars. Can I can I start off with something? Yeah, absolutely. I, I waited to post my Twitter review of this until after you guys had seen it and we started the podcast, but this is like one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. <laughs> this was start to finish absolutely terrible. <laughs> now, what did you think? Did you think it was a bad movie or a good movie? Good. You liked it? Well, what did you like about it? Some of the movies have wrestlers, but the others don't. Okay, so this has wrestlers in it. That's pretty good. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with Only you on that. Only three of them. Well, three throughout the series so far, yes. Yeah, I know this... nothing about wrestlers, so I don't know of any wrestlers in this movie. There was one that was on Battleground. <laughs> it was Seth Rollins. Yeah, Seth Rollins uh, was in this one. He's former champion. He was uh, on the injured list for, oh man, greater part of a year. Just missed WrestleMania. Just returned. One of my three favorite people in the company right now. Great. Perfect. Great. Great. Thanks, guys. That really clears it up for me. He, um, <laughs> he was the guy who basically had nothing to do in the movie except insert you have to be more specific. isotope 
into the Astron X machine. Like he's the one at Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and he's like, I'm okay. gonna super kick this Sharknado. That's, that's <laughs> okay, Seth that, Rollins. That makes sense. There were a few uh, cameos in this that I had no idea who they were. There were a lot uh, of cameos that I was like, like eh? In the movie, he destroyed the two tornadoes, but the lava one was not destroyed. But Seth Rollins actually survived. He survived. Yeah, he, yeah well, I think he made it, yeah. More accurately, he just stopped being in the movie. Why? Why? I don't know. They just... Ran out of time to shoot with him. Ran out of ideas for things to have him do. Had far too many guest stars. Did you guys know who the guy at the casino at the beginning was? Because he was. They did like a, a shot and like a catchphrase for him, and I was like, "That's clearly somebody," but I have no oh, idea who. The one who's at like the slot machines. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. I don't. I mean, I don't. There's so many people, and they're on screen for like two seconds a piece. I'm lost on a lot of the, the <laughs> folks, you know, and I'd yeah, see somebody I, and go, was that supposed to be somebody or was that just a glorified extra? I feel like the Sharknado cameos have gone way downhill since Sharknado 2, colon, the second one, where we had Will Wheaton. In the movie, it's close to the ending. This is the thing about Cadavercast, Joe. We've recorded a few episodes. Uh, you've only heard one thus far, but we always start with the ending. That's... That's inevitable. That's exactly what we do. I'm it's just doing something. Beginning of podcast, ending of movie. Okay, so the very last thing in the movie, <laughs> Nova shows up on the Eiffel Tower and go. So what were you going to say, buddy? What was your question about the ending? Lay it on us. I like the part where the whale... I don't know how the whale got into the tornado. <laughs> I have no idea. I can't help you out on that one. You like the part uh, where the whale ate the shark that ate the other shark that ate the other shark? So the first sock ate Finn, then the other sock ate the sock, then the other sock ate the sock, then the whale ate the sock. Yeah, you like that? Um, actually, <laughs> My two sentiments people exactly. went back to life. <laughs> yeah, none, none of the Finn clan die once again in this movie. They're all eaten by sharks, then miraculously show up at the end, swallowed whole by sharks. It's become a real pattern in these movies. Another, another pattern that is less fun is the death of current or former black female love interests. Not a yeah. fan of that trend. Yeah, yeah. Because her only role in the movie was to cry and yell and then get squashed by a shark. Unceremoniously. And there was no reaction to it from her husband, Matt. He played never by, mentions it. Played by, I assume, the third Franco brother. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, Al likes this one. Uh, Al likes all of them because he's four. So Yeah, and I think that's their target audience. Yes, the uh, four-year-olds and people who just want to watch TV and go, oh, I know who that is. And masochists. <laughs> like us. <laughs> <laughs> so, the whale, I think the tornado just went around the sea and the whale didn't know the tornado was there. Well, this tornado actually never goes over an ocean? Nope. It goes over rivers and lakes and the like. There would have had to have been a blue whale somewhere in the United States, landlocked. Oh, man, that's a really good point. I never, I didn't even put that together. Like, where did the whale even come from? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way, because like, the first thing it destroys is this hotel, this shark hotel slash aquarium in yes. las vegas there would have to be a whale in that and then it carried it all the way to niagara falls yes that's the best explanation i can come up with and that makes no sense but i did spend a lot of this movie just holding my head in my hand weeping for humanity so maybe i missed that part <laughs> well it should be said that if any of our listeners go back and listen to our episode on quote-unquote guilty where we talk about sharknado we have a lot of fun with sharknado yeah, it's a definite guilty pleasure. It's a lot of fun. I really like the third one as well. Yeah, the second one's a nightmare. I think basically I can equate these now to the Indiana Jones saga. Raiders is great. Last Crusade is great. Temple of Doom is weak. This one is the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull of <laughs> Sharknado movies. I would say Temple of Doom, by comparison, is an absolute masterpiece when you look at <laughs> Sharknado 2. I know, I'm, I'm just saying, in relation to the other Sharknado movies, it's the Temple of Doom for me. So, 
just can't remember what happens in the starting of the fourth one. Of the fourth one? Yeah. Not much happens in the beginning of this movie, buddy. They just get in a car, dump a bunch of exposition on us, and then they go to Vegas. And remember then when they're in Vegas, the tornado hits the giant aquarium. It sucks up the sharks. Well, it's like a sand storm. A sand NATO. Oh, starting. Yeah, that's going to be a big part of this. <laughs> the, the rocks, like, make the sand. They're making the sand NATO. Because, like, the stalks, I think there's spikes on them, but they're so hard to lift up because the stalks have, like, rocks stuck to them. Yeah, and when it becomes like, a boulder NATO. And then it changes into different tornado things. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, a sand NATO and a boulder NATO are just a tornado. That's those like, are just tornadoes. Yeah. yeah, we don't we don't have different words for those yeah, except for in this movie. Yeah, there's like a lightning tornado. The lightning yeah. NATO. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and uh, an oil NATO and a fire NATO and a nuke, nuke NATO and my favorite and by favorite I mean the most awful thing ever a cow NATO. Oh. <laughs> I said moon NATO. Yeah. Moonado, that's NATO. better. We that's were coming better. up with better names for all of them the whole time we were watching. When they were like Lightning NATO, I was like, clearly that should be called a Spark NATO. <laughs> Spark NATO's way better. Everything, everything they do. I mean, uh, Boulder NATO should have been a Rock NATO. Mm-hmm. Um, Oil NATO. Texas I, Gold NATO. <laughs> there will be NATO. <laughs> I, I have a question. Yeah. Do the war against socks? With humans on the train. A war with socks and humans who are fighting the socks on the train. It is like a war. Yeah, that's something that Al's been pointing out in our later podcast. How all these monster movies we're watching are basically wars. Wars between people and ex-monster. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because the tornado is like a sentient thing that is chasing them across the country. A smart NATO, if (laughs) you The tornadoes keep evolving, but it's not that they're evolving. They're just picking up different stuff like a tornado does. Yeah, but it's not grounded in any sort of real science. Like, you can't pick up electricity and, you know, be a a sparknado. You cannot pick up nuclear energy and be a nuke-nado. It doesn't doesn't work that way. (laughs) The tornado, like, picks up the houses with people in it. And, like, the people are trying to get it, and then, like, the sock is hanging from the top, and then Finn destroys it because he jumps into the air. Yeah, when he's got the chainsaw sword that's very impractical, doesn't make any sense. Yes. It has little chainsaws and a big chainsaw, and then he jumps into the air and destroys the sock. Yeah, he did do that. The thing about the Sharknado series is that they are always trying to up the ante, right? Each movie has to be bigger than the last. And I didn't know how they were going to top the third one. And I, I knew exactly how they could top the third one, and they just didn't do it. Sharknado 4, Sharknado in time. Oh, <laughs> gosh, that's great. Yeah, I nope, know. Nope, they did not. And, you know, once they went into space, there's very little you can do from that point once you go into Shark- space. The Sharknado in space was amazing. Yeah, I that stuff that. was great. That stuff was really fun. Yeah. And when I say great, I know <laughs> people. It's not Citizen Kane. It's not Casablanca. It's Sharknado. You take it for what it is. It's an asylum picture. The second one, the socks fly into space, and like they destroy the rockets. That's a third one. Can we talk about the third one, too? Sure, let's talk about the third one, too, a little bit. I mean, I don't know that there's a ton to talk about with the fourth one, so why I not? I thought that was my question. Like, the lady screams because, like, the watch was is falling on her. At the end of the third one, yeah, um, April gets crushed, which results in her being what in the fourth one? A half-human, half-robot. Yep, she's a cyborg now. And they act like the chainsaw <laughs> in her arm is, like, some huge, amazing innovation, but she had that in the third one. Yeah, she did. I guess the innovation is that she can voice command it. She can voice activate it in this one. Yeah, she's like Inspector Gadget. And she can like do a little chainsaw and a big chainsaw. Yeah, she's got like lasers and stuff. She's got a lightsaber, a literal yeah. lightsaber. And like, she has Iron Man jet boots she can fly with. Here's a strange thing. When that one kid's in danger, she asks him, do you like Iron Man? 
and I don't know if he even answers, but she says, because I'm his wife, you know, like that's going to make the kid feel better. Right. But Iron Man's make believe in this world. She should say, I'm Finn Shepard's wife, which yeah. actually is because <laughs> he's the hero of the entire world. Yeah, the news pundits are like, where's Finn Shepard? Only he can save us from the Sharknado. <laughs> or the Nuke-nado, or whatever it is at that point in the movie. I forgot about this question. I was going to say that two people were alive in the movie. Because one of them was Cyborg, and they bring Finn back to life. And they bring Finn back to life, yeah. And they save uh, Finn's dad from the moon at the beginning of the movie. The first one, they don't say Finn Shepard's kid who's five they don't say the whole name yeah what's his middle name they give his middle name in this one i thought i don't know it's oh, well. it's completely in, in completely the gone. one we don't see the kid well he's born at the very end of the movie because remember they stick the little baby out of the side of the shark oh yes that is the reaction <laughs> oh yeah that happens and then this is five years later. We have not had a Sharknado attack in five years because this omni-rich company has uh, developed this technology to stabilize the global climate. But it only works on water tornadoes, Sharknadoes specifically. It does not work on land-based tornadoes. Which is to say, it only works on regular tornadoes, not regular tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so strange to me. I kept waiting for there to be this subplot of someone sabotaging these things to create Sharknadoes to wreak havoc. And none of it just, no, it just, our technology doesn't work on these special tornadoes. That would have given Seth Rollins something to do. Yeah. There's only two regular Sharknadoes, and then the regular Sharknadoes, Seth Rollins destroys them. Yeah, Seth Rollins half saves the day. Which is also weird because he's a heel in WWE. And if, like, going back to the guest stars, you know, if you have these guest stars and you have them for the exact reason that you have them, which is they are famous for this one thing, I think that you should embrace that one thing. And they tend not to. We've had, at this point, three wrestlers in the series. And none of them do a wrestling move on a shark. (laughs) That is a waste. But we do have former Baywatch actresses running in slow motion. Exactly. That's exactly my point. And like Carrot Top gets to do like prop comedy. But that was so strange. Yeah. I, I like to think that was actually like the character was actually Carrot Top and he's just an Uber driver now because he can't get comedy work. <laughs> Maybe they just called an Uber driver and they were like, we just need an Uber driver to drive us around. And, and it was Carrot, Carrot Top, Top showed up and they're like, holy cow, will you sign this release form, Carrot Top? <laughs> he's looking <laughs> scary. Yes. And. Jericho doesn't survive a lot. Yeah, Jericho dies in the second, or the third one, sorry. He doesn't survive a lot. So he, like, he owns something, and then they want the weird tracks, and then he gets killed. Voila. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Chris Jericho does this move in wrestling called the Code Breaker. And it's an amazing move where he jumps up and he grabs somebody by the back of their head and he basically falls to the ground and puts his knees up and just slams their head into his knees, essentially. And I wanted him to do that to a shark so badly in the third one. I was waiting for it. I was like, he can die as soon as he gives a coach breaker to a shark. (laughs) He doesn't. Uh He does not, no. Seth um, Rollins references a super kick, but that's it. That's the only wrestling thing we get from these guys. It would have worked in the physics of this one specifically, too, because Finn can take a shark and just whip it into a tree like it's a paper airplane. And it dissolves. He's holding <laughs> nothing. After the, the shark explodes, he doesn't even have a tail. It's just Ian Zeering miming holding a shark tail. <laughs> so crazy. I like the part. The lady is screaming up, and then, like, Finn grabs it, and he just slams it onto the tree, and there's only blood on the tree, and you see nothing else. Yep, and it's just gone. It's dissolved. What happened to it? It dissolves. Just dissolves. It's the, dissolves. it's the, it's movie voila. magic. It dissolves, and voila. 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 Let's finish off talking about the guest stars really quickly, uh, just to get it out of the way. Because obviously, I think that was all I had about guest stars. <clears throat> oh, I don't recognize so, anyone else. There's so much. Oh my goodness. 
Oh, well, you also have uh, Wayne Newton. You have Wayne in Newton. Vegas singing the Sharknado theme from the the whole series, I guess. I think they use the whole yeah, the same theme, theme yeah. throughout the whole. Um, we have, and we do have the Baywatch women. I mean, Gary Busey is not just a guest star. Gary Busey is now a star of the movie. Yeah, he, he has an re- actual part in the movie. Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> God. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried screaming, Cownado is going to keep me up at night. <laughs> Joe? Yeah. I like when they say that the things close and then, like, the socks come out, the boy and the girl, and then, like, on them. And then, like, they're leaning back. Wasn't a song? Oh, at the song. Comic-Con. Yeah. The Comic-Con and, and the... They just lean back and scream, and then a shark just, like, impales itself in the woman's chest. Oh, that in was the, strange to me. In the guy's chest. Do well, you think that was an actual Comic-Con panel? And they're like, hey, guys, you're going to be in Sharknado 4. Yes. I need everyone to scream. That is 100% think- what happened, yes. Oh, wow. I, I do not doubt that. I don't doubt it at all, either. Blah, 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 I want to get eaten by a song. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. That's what happens. Um, Okay, other other guest stars. Let's get through this. Um, We have the woman from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I don't remember the actress's name off the top of my head. Oh, okay. Um, but she's, Is she, she the runs, one who makes the reference to? Yeah, Texas she runs the chainsaw store. She Along also with says, Dog the Bounty Hunter. And Dog the Bounty Hunter is there. And then she says something about Gunner. But uh, Gunner Hansen played Leatherface in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And she's like, oh, and, you know, Gunner will take care of it or whatever. So there's, there's that. There? Pretty sure he died before this? I was going to say that Gunner was chasing season. He was also season. He chases the teenagers away. That's what she said. Oh, is that what she said? Well, that would make sense because I mean that's yeah. kind of what Leatherface did. Al, you remember this movie better than I do. We just I've watched begun it. Already actively blocking this from my memory. We literally finished watching this 15 minutes before we started recording, and I remember virtually nothing. <laughs> it is crazy how my brain just is blocking this out. That's the true magic of Sharknado. My brain just, it knows, like, everything in the movie. It knows hard stuff that other people doesn't know. That's what my brain knows. Yeah, you Whoa. just locked it away like a steel trap? Yeah. Can we talk about all the weird movie references in Sharknado? Yeah, I was, actually, I was actually going to get to that. Because the last guest star that I wanted to reference brings us into the realm of referencing things that this movie does to a maddening extent. The last uh, notable guest star that I wanted to point out was Steve Gutenberg, the Goot. Yeah, apparently playing his character from Lavalantula. But there he was. Yep. There was the Goot. Because I think, I think Finn also crossed over and appeared in Lavalantula is why they did that. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, because he mentions a spider invasion thing. Yeah. Steve Gutenberg was Finn's friend. Yeah, yeah, they know each other. So, they're friends. Yeah, they're friends. And voila. so, voila. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, and yeah, Steve- they show up and they're going to borrow Steve Gutenberg's car. And Steve Gutenberg's car is for some reason, and at first I was like, oh, that's kind of a funny reference because this red convertible shows up with nobody driving it. And I was like, oh, well, that's a cool Christine reference, you know, that maybe they just won't hammer into the ground and completely ruin. (laughs) And two seconds later, they proceeded to hammer into the ground and completely ruin it by calling the car Christine. She's bad to the bone. Like, how did they make the car move without nobody in the car? Well, they just had somebody drive the car, and then they cut away. And when they cut to the inside of the car, they just didn't have anybody sitting in it. Oh. I don't know why they put Christine in this movie. What function it serves is beyond me. Alistair Christine is a car that is from a Stephen King story that was also in a movie called Christine that's about a car that can drive itself and kills people. Yeah, I don't know if it's something to do with Lavalantula, like Christine is for some reason in Lavalantula, but I think it's just a random nonsense thing that they put in there. Like every single other reference in this movie. 
Oh, they're all so terrible. So, so in the third one, we have, like, Grant, who's, like, from Mythbusters. <laughs> right, yeah, Grant from Mythbusters shows up for a second in the third one, yeah. But he doesn't oh, yeah, I remember that. long like Jerrica. Stark uh, just flies at him, and then, voila, he's dead. Yeah, Jericho's <laughs> around through most of the movie, or half the movie, in the and, third one. And probably Grant is... Half of Jericho's life. (laughs) Jericho lives a little bit longer because when he's getting eight better socks, he a little bit lives. Now, Al, do you remember any references to other movies or TV shows or things that are in Sharknado The Fourth Awakens? I didn't see other movie things. It's cooler than other movies. You think Sharknado The Fourth Awakens is cooler than other movies? Let's hear your list of movies that aren't as good as Sharknado The Fourth Awakens. <laughs> Let's see. Some of them are my favorites. Some of them are my not. All right. What movies aren't as good as this? Some of the Dracula movies. Okay. Some some things with Dracula. I, I might go with you on that. There are some pretty bad Dracula movies. Okay. The Blob? If cool is what we're basing this on, maybe. Okay. But the blob is almost the letter for of the Sharknado. <laughs> okay, the, the it's blob almost that cool. is almost as cool like, as Sharknado the Fourth Awakens. Only need this much make it cool as Sharknado. So just a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, it's 1958, okay? It's a little bit dated, I know. Is that the sure. Steve McQueen blob? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the one. Uh, that's automatically cooler than uh, Sharknado. It's got Steve McQueen, sure. <laughs> I mean, I have to say Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Oh my goodness. Really? Spider-Man is not as cool as Sharknado? Yeah. Well, I mean, granted, there's been some pretty weak Spider-Man movies, but man, Al. I don't know if Al's seen any of the movies, so it would have to be based on... Oh, it's off- just, just a character? Spider-Man is not as cool as Sharknado? Al, I'm coming <laughs> over right now. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the list of my movies. Yeah, okay. okay. So, Sharknado, The Fourth Awakens is, let's recap, cooler than The Blob 1958 and Spider-Man. The character of Spider-Man. Spider-Man the character. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say the fly what I didn't want the fly's cooler? The fly's cool as Sharknado. Oh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> the fly is as cool as Sharknado. All right. In right. <laughs> the first one, Daddy sent, like, everyone should have shark missiles. In the in the first movie, they had those little missile, like the baby sharks on the, like, mommy shark yeah. spins, like missiles. Yeah, they, sh- they should. They should have. They never did. Like... Yeah, we talk about that on our podcast about Sharknado. We could have, like... Little regular bullets with shark faces, but they don't just regular bullets. Yeah, we haven't had shark bullets, but we have had mascara shotgun shells. Oh, yeah. That was weird. Another way to up the ante from Sharknado 3 to uh, Sharknado 4, The Fourth Awakens, is robo-sharks. That would have been better. Yeah, well, they had nuclear sharks. That was a cool effect, though, when the nuclear sharks hit the women from Baywatch and one like was like a skeleton, like a glowing skeleton before she dissolved. It's almost like somebody gets exterminated by a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, like, go to the Ohio nuclear plant. The news, go on the guy said, like, the tornado is going to the Ohio plant. Yeah, the nuclear plant in Ohio. And then that's how it got the nuclear. So it was called the nuclear NATO. Yeah, the nuclear NATO. Uh, did we want to talk about other weird film references they make besides Christine? Every single Wizard of Oz reference. The wiz- the one Wizard of Oz one that's the absolute worst one in the movie to me is when the kid obligatorily says, well, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Of course, they're technically supposed to be in Chicago, but it is clearly Kansas, I think, or wherever was supposed to be Kansas initially, because it wasn't Chicago. It was in the middle of a park somewhere where they just superimposed the giant bean from downtown. Did they get transported to uh, Chicago in that? Because I thought they were just still in Kansas. No, no, no. They get transported to Chicago. And the house drops on the Chicago mayor, and then she's wearing Wicked Witch socks when the house lands on her. And they land right next to the Chicago bean, 
which is okay. on grass in the middle of a park next to a playground, which <laughs> if you've ever been to Chicago and I live here, so I know it's not in the middle of a bunch of grass in a park. No, it's on a cement slab and with yeah. roads around it. Okay, then I take it back that the Kansas one is bad, but the, the Wicked Witch having the house fall on her is the worst one. Yeah. What other things do they reference? Oh, I'm trying to remember. And again, I just watched this thing. Like, it was an hour ago. Um, I was mid-screening. Well, of course, there's all of the uh, Star Wars slash Star Trek references. Uh, oh, yeah. That exchange where he says to boldly go where no man's gone before. And then uh, the granddaughter says, oh, really? Star Wars? And he goes, Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> Got a lot of work to do and a lot of movies to watch. And then when she has to, for some reason, concentrate to get her lightsaber to go off, they call it the Force. And she says, may the Force be with you for no reason other than to reference Star Wars. In the Terminator references, I'll be back. Come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. These are hollow references. These references mean nothing. They do not in any way meaningfully reference the movies. They're just here's this line from this other thing. Do you remember this other thing? Because we do. Yeah. The first one is bad enough with its Jaws references, but at least they kind of fit in the context of what's going on. But these ones, you're right. Hollow is the perfect word for it. Sharknado and Jaws are shark movies, but Sharknado is more sharks. Yeah, there are more sharks in, in Sharknado than Jaws. That's true. Jaws is about one shark. There's a couple sharks in Jaws, but yeah, there are a ton more sharks in Sharknado. Exponentially more. That's why it's called Sharknado. I don't know why that construction thing was that big shark going into the tornado. Oh, they send that like bulldozer deal with the chainsaw, the big chainsaw <laughs> on the front up there because they they put three fire extinguishers inside of it. <laughs> And then they shoot it with a grenade, which in theory would completely counteract any explosion from the fire extinguishers. But somehow those three fire extinguishers blowing up puts out the tornado. Oh. So like, I don't know why. So it went off to fire, then to fire. I don't know why it did that. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It wouldn't work because they created more fire in the process with the grenade. Do so it. Put the fire out and then blow it up. And yeah. we see like two blowing up under the tornado. A boom and a boom. Well, speaking of explosions, you know who I was really missing this movie? Who shouldn't have been killed off in the third movie? Yeah. Frankie Munez. Yeah. He was so good in the fact that he dies in the third one. What a waste. That's the thing. Totally. They introduce good characters, and then they have to kill them off because apparently the shepherds are more interesting characters than anybody else, which is not true. Not at all true. I mean, Nova's made it through the series so far, and she's more interesting than them. It's good that she's not covered in stock blood. Okay. Well, yeah, she's only in this movie for a split second, and we don't even see her face. But I don't hey, even know how Finn recognizes her. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Well, except for the fact that uh, Gemini introduced in this movie who has strange romantic chemistry with her uncle slash cousin Finn. I don't understand that. That um, was really strange. She says at one point when they mention Nova, I bet she's glad to be in Paris right now. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> yeah, it's when they're getting the machine guns from Finn's barn. Okay. She just randomly says, I bet Nova's glad to be in Paris right now. So when the Eiffel Tower lands... Clearly, the only person that would be is Nova. I don't know how Nova got onto that flying thing. What you just? She came across an ocean. Yeah, on, exactly. on an Eiffel Tower. So, this was in the three. Okay, so we're going we're going back to three now. Okay. Like the guy gets eight in the leg, then he gets the other leg, then he gets the armed, then he's the armed, then he. Blows up himself in the truck. There's no safety. Yeah, Why that's back? that's Munez's character. Yeah, who we were just oh, talking about. Yeah. Should shouldn't have died there. He was They'll awesome. He had back. an awesome vehicle. Everyone <sighs> comes back for no reason. I would ask, can we be done with this series? But you know that there, yeah, now there has to be a fifth. There one. has to be a fifth one. Yeah. And you know, if we maintain the pattern, the fifth one will be great. It's odd numbered ones. They're like Rocky movies. 
I I think you might find yourself murdered in the next uh, few days after this post, Joe. Because I like because I like the odd numbered Rocky movies. Yeah, for One, insinuating three, that five and Creed. What's what's not to love? <laughs> for insinuating that four is not good, but five is. You you might be murdered. I just I hate Rocky four. Rocky five is great. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just put that on the record. Steve might be the one to murder you. By the way. Oh, I, I can take that old man. <laughs> <laughs> Lines drawn, Steve. You Rocky listening? Four is all montage. Rocky Five has soul. But what is a soul without a montage? Mm. <laughs> I'm sure it has a montage too, but I'm saying it's not all montage. <laughs> <laughs> can we get to the last sections? <laughs> yeah, you you want to be done I talking mean, about this? Can we get to the last part of the movie now? Oh, you want to talk about the end of the movie? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Back to the end. Joe starts. Okay, so we have Finn in a ridiculous mech suit at the end of the movie. <laughs> in no way cool or practical. No. And I, I finally looked up who the uh, the guy who runs the Astro X sites is. It's Tommy, yeah, Tommy Davison. Yeah. yeah, from In Living Color. I, yeah. I've spent so much of the movie going, who is that? I thought it was like a former child actor, but he's just not aged at all. No, yeah, when he, when he showed up, I, I knew that instantly. Could not place him. Couldn't place the guy at the uh, slot machine, but Tommy Davidson got that. I like this is called the end. It's where like the thing is flying, and then everybody screams. Like the thing keeps flying out of the air, and then everybody screams. Then what thing? At the ending, where Nova lands on the thing. thing oh, the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, it like flies and everybody just screams Wallace and then Nova flies onto it. That's the word I did. Voila. It's another weird pattern in the Sharknado movies where a shark will swallow someone whole early on and then show up at the end and they'll still be alive in the belly. And this movie takes it to a whole new extreme where four different people get eaten by sharks and those sharks all eat each other and then little Gil cuts them all out at the end. Which that is, is bonkers. Not amusing in the least. I was oh. not amused. That's the thing. The first movie amused me. We talked about it plenty in our you know podcast over there on uh, quote unquote guilty. So you can hear why we enjoyed that one. The third one's pretty amusing because the scale is so huge and they just go bonkers. Yeah. In this one, they just do all the same stuff they did before, only making less sense and doing it more so like i mean just let's do the same thing we did in the first one and the the other ones people getting swallowed by sharks and still being alive only we'll make it exponential which is not funny it's just there's more of it and it's already been played out what if like characters got dead and then the characters were live at the ending voila funny <laughs> yeah it's about that amusing yes it, it reminds me of like an old theater story where this actor is doing a comedy and the punchline of the scene is him like asking for the salt. The play opens and he asks for the salt. The line kills. The audience goes crazy. The next night he asks for the salt. Nothing happens. Dead silence. Everyone is basically asleep. And then he asks one of the co-stars or director, like, what happened? That, that line killed last night. And the director says, well, last night you asked for the salt and tonight you asked for the joke. And I feel like that's kind of what Sharknado <laughs> 4 is doing. It's not asking for the salt like the original Sharknado did and these really fun, campy things. It's like, ah, uh, you like those things? Ah? Uh? Yeah, and it's, it's asking for the joke. And it's so painful to watch. <laughs> but that's exactly what this feels like to me. It's just begging for an audience it's begging for a joke and it's so desperate and pathetic yeah we're gonna cram in more guest stars we're gonna make more references mm, thunder levin what is going on mr levin if you listen to our episode of the podcast which i think is probably plausible. it's plausible but i think the chances of him making it to this part of the podcast making it <laughs> to the end are pretty low uh but mr levin the fifth one, you should at least keep in continuity that they clearly all have cancer now. Everybody's yeah. got cancer at the end not, of this. Not there's, just there's the, no way. Not just the characters in the movie. Everyone in the United States has cancer because this nuke NATO has made its way across the you know northeast of the United States. Yeah. And there's no way that anybody gets out of this without cancer. Cancer NATO. Don't encourage him. <laughs> so, 
Al, would you recommend that people watch Sharknado The Fourth Awakens? Yes. Why? It's a great movie. Every plan and every people who are on those plans sort of watch it. So this is a universal hit in the making. It's a great movie. What makes it great? Why, why should people watch it? If you had to convince people to watch it, what would you tell them right now? Because there's like different tornado things. And then it's like like the socks are made of ice. Oh, we forgot the ice NATO. Ice NATO. Oh, yep. Also makes no sense. So, Al, why don't you ask Joe if he would recommend the movie? Do you want to recommend people to Force of Wake and Sharknado? Well, Alistair Gordon, Allie G, as you know, I love bad movies. And I would rather jump into a Sharknado than watch Sharknado The Fourth Awakens. So I do not recommend <laughs> anyone subject themselves to this. It is easily the worst movie I've seen in a good long time. Why do you like bad movies? Why do I like bad movies? They Because a bad movie tends to be really funny. So a really bad movie tends to be a pretty great comedy to me. So yeah, I, I love bad movies, but this is just painful. This was just painful for me to watch. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to those bad movies you like. I'm not going to listen to bad movies. Oh, I'm, sorry. Listen to bad movies. I'm sorry I offended you, Al. I, I take it back. It's a universal hit. When we make contact with aliens, we should show them this and... The room. <laughs> Joe, you are old man. I... <laughs> Touche. So clearly I... you're wrong, old man. I won't seem that old when you're 31. So we got a glowing recommendation from Alistair and a less than glowing recommendation from Joe. So it Never kind of balances it. Ever somewhere. under any circumstances. Hey, Joe, when this podcast gets posted, you still watch it. It's a great and funny podcast. Voila! I, I'm a huge fan of your podcast, Al, and I will definitely listen to it when it comes out because I love listening to myself talk about movies and you guys, too. Why don't we turn to Sharknado, The Fourth Awakens, Beastly Best? Now, Joe, this is the part of the podcast where we talk about the coolest monster moments in the movies. Okay. Joe can start. Way ahead of you. The coolest monster moment for me was uh, when Carrot Top shows up. <laughs> 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 he is horrifying and effectively spooky, and I, I was waiting for him to just eat a shark in half. <laughs> this is a hard movie to make a beastly best out of. Yes, because <laughs> there because there are no good moments, or because there are too many. The whole thing is almost like a beastly best. <laughs> it's like the best of everything that Sharknado has to offer. Like I'm physically like, in pain. Sharknado is just a beastly best. What was the coolest thing that happened in the movie? I'll say the different tornadoes, like the ice tornado, the lava tornado. So it's just the evolving tornado. Like, it's just one tornado, but like the lightning tornado, the freezing tornado, and the rock tornado, the ice tornado, so I love them. what you're saying is that there's always something new happening in the movie with the tornadoes. So like it starts... So what you're saying is it's the tornado. That's your beastly best. Like, the fact that the tornado changes. Yeah. Okay, beastly best. I did like that effect of the nuclear shark irradiating the bones. I thought that was cool because I was like, that looks like a Doctor Who thing. I mean, my other favorite moments were just the reveal that Seth Rollins and the goot were in the movie. It's almost like the bones are green. Yeah, like everything's green. Like there are green sharks and they hit them and it's like a green nuclear glow because green equals nuclear, clearly. Clearly. Sognado. <laughs> so there's our beastly best. Do you know what the next segment is, Al? Do you know what time it is? <laughs> the Get Spooked. Yep, it's Get Spooked, where we talk about the spookiest moments in the movies. Oh. I think. <laughs> you hear the I disappointment think... in Joe's voice. Oh, I gotta think about this now. Yeah, I'm sure. I gotta like, really let think. Me, let me say while Joe thinks about this really quick. That oh, I got one. In terms of whether or not you should allow your kids to watch this, I would say on a general level, probably not. Um, but not because anything's particularly wrong with it, like in terms of language or gore. That it's got blood. It's all really fake looking. It's actually not as gory even as the second one. The second one has a pretty gory shot of a woman's face half eaten, and we don't even get anything like that. So 
it's pretty tame unless, you know, you don't want your kids seeing blood and like people being eaten or whatever. Um, but it's not super gory and the language isn't terrible. I think there's maybe a couple words, but not much. Let's add a dangerous because I think I saw a little bit of dangerous things in the movie. Well, let's let's let Joe start and we'll see if we can find some spooky stuff in here. The thing I was thinking of that I thought was actually kind of cool and spooky was when we have the ice sharknado, it's hurling frozen sharks, like frozen shark cadavers that are rock solid and destroying things. Oh, that was kind of cool and spooky. Yeah, I mean, that could mess you up. That is like the one thing that does kind of make sense. Frozen shark hits you, you're dead. To me, the ice socks are not scary. Well, what's spooky to you? What do you think is the spookiest moment? To me is where the two guys are like hanging and it's dangerous to fall down. Where are they hanging from? Hanging to get into the car. Oh, it's not a it's not two guys. It's uh Finn and then the, the woman who is uh, uh Gabrielle, Finn's new daughter-in-law who dies later. She's eating Adam with her arm while she's eating socks. Yeah, Mama, later in the movie. She gets yeah. Killed. So your get spooked spookiest moment is Gabrielle and Finn being trapped hanging on that ledge. It's dangerous to fall. Yep, that's true. So, yeah, I can see that, especially for somebody with uh, vertigo. Yeah, that could be a terribly spooky scene. Absolutely. I guess we're going to get spooked. That's it. You sound really disappointed, Al. I, I mean, are you bummed out that we didn't like this movie? Just because you don't like it, it's a good movie. It's a good movie to you, and we don't like it, but that's fine, right? No, we don't have to like the movie, same movie. And it's scary, and you don't think it's scary. Well, I'm sorry, bud. I mean, sometimes that happens. You know, some people like some movies and other people don't. And, you know, your taste in movies might change Yeah, because you, you might, get older. You know, you can like a movie and we don't have to. But I liked the third Sharknado a lot and I liked the first Sharknado a lot. And I liked the experience of watching this Sharknado with you a lot. I have a lot of fun watching these movies with you, even if I don't like the movie. Does that make sense? And I look forward to coming to visit so I can watch monster movies with you, too. So is it okay that we... All don't like Sharknado The Fourth Awakens? I do. I'm just sad that you don't. Because it's not spooky to you. Well, not everything's going to spook me the same way that it spooks you. The movie may not be spooky to me, and I may not care for it too much. But you know what? I don't watch all these movies just to like them. I watch them because I want to spend time with you. So, did we both like Sharknado and Sharknado 3? Yes. And we had a lot of fun watching them, right? Yes. And we had fun watching Sharknado The Fourth Awakens together. Yes. And having Joe talk about it with us is also fun, right? Yes. Because we've had some good laughs. I had a lot of fun. Yes. (laughs) And disagrees. And disagreement, which is fine. Friendly disagreement. Friendly disagreement, absolutely. And if if you feel that strongly, Al, about it, we can wrestle next time I see you. And you'll be like, Sharknado 4 was the best. Bam. And I'll be like, no, it was not. Bam. <laughs> See, and Joe doesn't like Rocky 4, but I know Uncle Steve really likes Rocky 4. I'm coming for you, Steve. Oh, Joe, and you meet Steve again and fight him. I totally will. You hear that, Steve? But that's, of course, not how you solve your problems. <laughs> yes, it is. I need you to train me like Apollo Creed in the good Rocky movie. Will Rocky you train him 3. to fight? Yes. <laughs> what are you going to teach him? I'll teach him how to fight like I do. And what's that style called? Wacky style! <laughs> Rocky style. Perfect. I thought you said wacky style. <laughs> I need to learn the code breaker, I think. Can you teach yeah, me the code oh. breaker? Can you teach him the code breaker? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do mine. <laughs> Well, Joe, we want to thank you for being on CadaverCast with us. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, thanks, thanksy, thanks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Joe, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about quote-unquote guilty, where they can find you and whatnot? Sure, that's uh, my podcast about guilty pleasures. A lot of movies, but TV, food, music, whatever we just geek out about it and talk about why we love it even though no one else seems to so that's a lot of fun 
had you guys on recently to talk about Sharknado, which was awesome. And now we're doing Starship Troopers soon, and Mighty Ducks 2 is coming up. And if you go back into the quote-unquote guilty catalog, you'll find me on a number of episodes talking about Superman Returns and Ghostbusters with the aforementioned Steve. Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters is too. not a guilty pleasure. <laughs> well, we were talking about all things Ghostbusters. That, that's true, yeah. yeah. We, we hit on a lot of Ghostbusters-esque things. So, you can find Joe Sanders on quote-unquote guilty, and that's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, all of that stuff. Did you talk about your Twitter? Did you give us your Twitter and all that? No, the podcast Twitter is at quote guilty, and my Twitter is at play underscore architect. Awesome. You can find us on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast and we are also on facebook at cadavercast one word and if you have any questions or anything any emails that you want to send along you can hit us up at cadavercast at gmail.com that's again cadavercast one word you've been listening to cadavercast thank you thanks everybody thank you thank you thank you thank you Hey, Al, I've got a question for you. Yes. Do you like podcasting? Yes. Do you want to go to college someday? Yes. Well, guess what, listeners? You can help us with both those things. If you like what you hear on CadaverCast and want to hear more in the future, help us keep the lights on, so to speak, by heading on over to our network's GoFundMe page at gofundme.com slash wordsaladpro. Any donations you make there go toward supporting the amazing content at Word Salad Productions. But that's not all. We here at CadaverCast aren't doing this podcast to get rich. I mean, if I wanted to get rich, I wouldn't have gone into education, right? No, this is about nurturing my relationship with my son Alistair and helping him grow up to be as critical and well-spoken as humanly possible. That said, I'm pledging here that any money the podcast brings in over basic upkeep will go straight into Alistair's college fund. So, if you want to help us keep the content coming and support this little guy, who I hope you find as sweet and entertaining as I do, Head on over to GoFundMe.com slash WordSaladPro and donate today. It's for our bonus.